How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast, where we're equipping men to lead their family well. Super glad that you joined us today. Uh, if you just stumbled upon the podcast, welcome. We're glad to have you. We'd love to have you come hang out with us. We've got a closed community on Facebook with thousands of guys from around the world who are taking their faith their family, and their marriage very seriously. We'd love to meet you, encourage you on your journey with falling in love with Jesus and helping your family do the same. Uh, You can do that by going to dadattire.com, click the community tab, and it'll just link you right over to that group. Also, I'm giving away a free book on the website, dadattire.com. If you just go there and click the free book button uh, up on the right-hand side, uh, you can download that. It's 10 practical ways to start leading your family towards Jesus. So if you're feeling like, man, uh, I want to be the spiritual leader of my home. I want to step up and be the man that God's calling me to be, and I don't really know where to start. Um, this is a great little book to help you get started in that. It's very practical. It can be read easily in a lunch break or uh, you know, half a day if you kind of piece it out. But my goal was just to give you that so that you can have some really practical ways to start engaging your family and uh, falling in love with Jesus and helping them fall in love with Jesus. So go pick up that free book by going to dadtired.com and clicking the free book button when you get there. Um, Today, I'm going to play an episode from the past. As you probably know, we're taking the summer off. Uh, I've been writing a lot this summer. We're writing a new book uh, for the Dad Tired Guys. Um, that will be out next fall. So I've been spending all summer writing that and traveling and speaking. It's been a pretty busy summer. Uh, so I've been playing old episodes, and this particular episode uh, is about what what does it look like to make decisions uh, biblically? Like how in the world do you know if God's talking to you or your lunch is talking to you or like uh, trying to figure out do you listen to your friend's advice or to your aunt's advice or like what does the Bible say? Uh, when it comes to like making small and big decisions, it's really hard to discern how do I know what God's leading me towards and where he wants me to go. So if you're in the middle of any kind of decision-making process, I think that today's episode will be helpful for you. I do want to remind you again, uh, my good friend Aaron Smith uh, over at Marriage After God has an incredible episode, I'm sorry, incredible podcast um, where he and his wife do episodes every single week talking about what does it look like to fall in love as a married couple uh, and what does it look like to have the Bible, to have Jesus, to have sound theology shape the way that we fall in love with each other, with our spouses and to raise our kids. They do such a good job at pointing people back to the Bible. Uh, Aaron is one of the most committed men that I know at just staying true to God's word and living out what does the Bible say? He's what I love about Aaron is he doesn't he doesn't overcomplicate things. He simply reads the Bible and he does what it says, uh, and he helps other people do that too. So he's got a podcast called Marriage After God. If you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Subscribe to that podcast. I think it's going to be really helpful on your marriage journey, um, and then come back over here and get some help on figuring out how to uh, lead your family and to be the man and the dad that God's called you to be. Uh, anyway, I hope that today's episode is helpful for you. I hope that it uh, helps you in your journey of making decisions biblically and through the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'll look forward to starting a new season with you on October 1st. So mark your calendars for that. If you haven't already signed up for the cruise, we're running out of spots on that. We're doing a Dad Tired cruise March 2020. Go sign up for that, dadtired.com. Click the cruise tab. I will see you guys shortly. Have a great week. I love you. Later. Um, 
So t- the question I got from one of the listeners was, how do I know when God's speaking to me? Essentially, like, how do I know when this is my voice talking or it's just an idea that's popped into my head or a thought that's popped into my head versus like, this is God telling me to do something? And I thought that was a great question. It's a, you know, it's kind of an age old question. People have been asking that for a long time. And if you Google that, you'd probably find all kinds of different answers. But I'm, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on that. Uh, question and what, that's that's what we're going to tackle today. It's a it's actually a really important question to ask because as a single dude, uh, you we make decisions all the time uh, when we were single and without kids, and and our decisions had consequences um, that really affected us and maybe a small network of people. But as you get married and as you have kids, the the sphere of networks, the the amount of people that your decisions are affecting grows. Um, now your sin, your decision-making, uh, sin, I tossed that word in there kind of intentionally, but maybe that felt out of context. When, you're, when you make decisions, um, good or bad, they don't just affect you, they affect your, their, your wife and your kids, and, uh, and it it carries twice as much weight. Your decisions carry twice as much weight, or if you have kids, two, three, four, five, six times the weight that it used to carry. And so it's really like thinking through how we make decisions is super important question to ask um, as men, because we want to be leaders who make good decisions and to lead our families well, to lead our wife well, and to shepherd their hearts and to pastor them well. And so we have to think through like, what kind of decisions are we making? What are, what are the filters that we use to make decisions? And through all of that, we want to hear God's voice as he's guiding us. And so how do you do that? Like, how do you know if this is God talking to me? Is it, is it not God talking to me? Uh, am I making this up in my head? And um, my wife and I, Layla, we, we've had a in the eight years now, coming up on eight years that we've been married, we've gone through all kinds of situations where we've had to ask uh, you know, is this God leading us? Is He is He prompting our hearts toward this? We've um, we've at, we've talked to God and like prayed through quitting jobs, um, moving to different neighborhoods, moving houses. Should we become foster parents? Should we start a business? Um, should we start these ministries? How many kids do we want to have? What kind of work do we want to do? Um, and we've we've gone through all of those decisions and try to seek God's voice in all of it. And th- I know there are a ton of you guys who are listening and you're asking, like, uh, you know, if you're still single, you're asking, like, who do I marry? Um, maybe if you're in the middle of a really hard marriage, which I know a lot of the guys on the Dad Tired guy, um, group, you're going through a lot of hard stuff and even are separated from your wife. And so you're asking, like, should I should I get a divorce? Um, which could be a whole separate podcast in itself, and which maybe I'll do in the future. Um, you might be asking, where, where, where do I want my kids to go to school? Should we homeschool? Should we private school? Should we public school? Uh, what church should we go to? What job should we take? Where should we live? Um, there's a, there's, should we move somewhere? Should we move out of the country? All kinds of questions. And each of those questions really could be, as I was just thinking through those, could probably be their own podcast episode, and maybe I'll use those as uh, future topics. But we're constantly asking questions and trying to decipher, you know, who, what is God directing? How do we know when we're hearing from God? So here, here's some thoughts I have on that. First of all, the first question that we have to ask when we're, when we're wondering, is this from God? Is this thought? Is this idea? Is this decision? Is it from God? How do I know God is prompting my heart? The first question you ask is, um, most obviously and most importantly, does this align with Scripture? 
And this is why it's so important. I think we look at scripture reading way too often as like homework uh, to be a Christian. It's like an ongoing class and part of your class uh, syllabus like is the Bible and you have to read it and it's homework and you're constantly being checked on that. Uh, and when we're in that stage of life, when we're feeling like reading scripture is homework, uh, we're just not in a good spot. Like that's it's not it's not the spot that we want to be or should be or need to be with the Lord, um, because oftentimes with that comes to, to there's two reasons that you probably feel that way. Number one is you probably feel like you don't actually need God's input in your life. Uh, and so you don't really feel like you need to go to the Bible. I, maybe your, your thought is, I kind of know what it says. I'm already, I'm already aware of the general idea of the Bible. Or maybe there's the subtle thinking of like, I, I don't actually need God to speak into any areas of my life. And that can be really subtle. Like, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're probably not in the point of life where you're thinking, I don't need God to speak. You, you wouldn't verbally say that. Like, you don't want God to speak into any any area of your life. But really what you're saying is throughout your throughout living, just kind of living your life is, I don't need God to speak into my life. And that's the subtle belief that you're having. And so that if you're in that stage, really what you need to do is to repent and to say, God, I'm sorry that I've been trying to think that I'm a better God than you are and that I don't need your word. I don't need your to you know, that I don't need your spirit to reveal things through scripture and teach me. I think that I've got this down on my own, and I know that that's a sin. And so, God, would you forgive me? Would you remind me that I'm desperately in need of you and need you to constantly teach me and rebuke me and remind me and train me and all kinds of stuff? So, uh, that, that that's typically one of the first reasons people don't read the Bible is because we feel like, well, I, I kind of know what it says, or I don't necessarily need God to speak into an area of my life. Um, I think I said I had two reasons why you're not, but I can't remember the second reason. Um, so anyway, you're, this is why it's important to read the Bible, is to know what does God's Word say. We talked about this just a couple episodes ago when I talked about how important it is to memorize Scripture. Um, and the reason it's so important is for moments like this, when we're, when we're getting, not necessarily to memorize Scripture, but to be in God's Word, to know what does God say. So that when you come across a time when you're trying to make a decision and you're wondering, is this from God or not, you can know what has God already said? What is God's reputation? And this is where we get really like hung up as Christians. Um, you and I are, re- are, are absolutely susceptible to creating gods in our own head. Without constantly reading scripture, what we do is, is we start to make up gods in our own head. We, we put on a personality or characteristics on God that he doesn't actually have. And so when you start to ask us like, hey, tell me about the God that you serve, it starts to sound a lot like you. Like the God you serve likes the things that you like, and he doesn't like the things that you don't like, and he likes the people you like and the music, and he's okay with these sins, and he's not okay with these sins. He just sounds a lot like you. All you've done is created your own God that actually is you, and then you've put the title of God or Jesus on it. And dude, that's idolatry. Like that, you and I do this all the time. We're we're all susceptible to this. We're committing idolatry. We are saying that we're serving God and we're not. We're serving ourselves and we're just putting God's name on it. We've made up a God in our head, and that's the God that we serve. And so we have to go back to the scripture. Like, what is God's actual personality? What is his actual reputation? What is his actual characteristics? Um, who is he and what is he like? 
And let's not be arrogant enough to think that we've got that all figured out. Every time I go to scripture, I am reminded or I'm rebuked or I'm encouraged or I'm, you know, something new is coming out of scripture every time. And it's, I'm reminded that it's not about me and it's about God. So all that to say, if you're serious about like hearing the voice of God, we have to be in scripture. You have to, you have to know like what has God already said about this subject and or or what is his what would his reputation say about the subject in other words he doesn't always speak specifically like he's not going to tell you hey you should move from texas to alabama um, God's not going to say that in Scripture, but you can get an idea of God's character. Like, what what is His uh, reputation, and does this align with God's reputation from Genesis to Revelation? Uh, the personality of God does this make sense with what He would say? Sometimes He's really explicit. The Bible is really explicit about what we should or should not do, and who God is. And other times we have to make uh, a connection based on what we know to be true of God's character. And so this is why it's super important. To to continue to read scripture. And listen, God would never tell you to do something that goes directly against what his scripture teaches. Um, and so there's, I could kind of list out the do's and don'ts, but that gets dangerous and muddy waters. Uh, but just know as you read scripture, like if God has never told anybody in scripture to do what you think you're hearing God tell you to do, uh, then he's probably not telling you. And it's probably you or it's probably the enemy uh, lying to you. And he, he just would never go against his character. Char- he would never go against his own character, and he would never go against what he like explicitly says throughout Scripture. So if you don't see it very clearly in Scripture, don't do it. And if he ever says, if you ever feel like God's telling you to do something different than what Scripture says you should not be doing, it's definitely not God speaking to you. So uh, get in the Word. What, what does God say uh, in Scripture? That's how we learn about character. And and listen, the other thing is when we read scripture, I know I'm kind of beating on this point here. So hang with me. Um when we read the Bible, the question you should not you shouldn't be asking what does this passage say for me or what does it mean for my life? Instead, you should just be asking what does this passage mean? Take out the for me and for my life. One of the most dangerous things that we can do is to get into Bible and start to read it through the lens of it's all about me. And so I want to make this, I just need this book to kind of help me. I hate the acronym Bible Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. I know we say that a lot as Christians, and I don't like it. The Bible is not basic instructions before leaving earth. There's so many things that are wrong with that acronym theologically. Uh, it's just a terrible an, uh, acronym. It's just it's not basic instruction. The Bible is the story of God. We are reading about God and what God has done through the person of Jesus and his redemption of the world. That's what scripture is about. Uh, it is not about us to insert ourselves into all these stories. Like when we read David and Goliath, we think, oh, I can be Goliath. And we re- when we read Daniel and the lines, and I can be Daniel. No, Jesus is the hero of the story. He's the one that's better than all of those characters. The point of Scripture is not that we would enter ourselves into those stories and become the hero. The Bible is not about you. The Bible is not about me. The Bible is about God. The Bible is about what God has done, is how about what he's doing to redeem the world back to himself through the person of Jesus and how the Holy Spirit constantly reminds us and teaches us and encourages us to live a life equipped to godliness. 
uh, for godliness. And so um, don't read Scripture and think, what does, what does this mean for my life, or what does this mean for me? Read Scripture and think, what does this teach me about God? And then that will start to shape your character, and your character will then be able to make more godly decisions as you look to glorify God and not yourself. Okay, so uh, read Scripture. Put it in the context that it's, it's meant to be put in, not for how does this directly apply to your life. Uh, the second thing I would ask you when you're, when you're thinking through, does, is this God speaking to me, or is this myself? How do I know it's God speaking to me? A lot of times I ask people, is it going away? And we see throughout Scripture, uh, there, there are examples in Scripture where God is speaking to someone. The, the most obvious that I could think of uh, was Samuel in 1 Samuel 3, where Samuel is a boy, and he's being constantly like, uh, God is audibly talking to him, and he keeps thinking it's somebody else talking to him. And instead of God just like giving up, like, ah, he seems to be confused. I'm going to go talk to somebody else. <laughs> uh, God continues to talk to him and try to get his attention. And so uh, I, I think God has a reputation of continuing to prompt your heart. So if you're thinking to yourself like, man, is this Satan? Is it me? Is this just a crazy idea that I'm having in the moment? I would say give it some time. Uh, and is, is it going away? Does it continue to prompt your heart? Uh, and in, in those moments, you, God just has a reputation of, like, pestering people. <laughs> I've said that all the time. Like, God just, he pesters me sometimes. Like, he just doesn't go away when he's got a thought. He just, or when he puts something, when he, when he wants me to be obedient towards something, he just, like, keeps pestering, keeps pestering, and doesn't go away until, you know, he doesn't make me do something. I know there's the, some theological, like, um, thoughts on that. I won't go too deep into does he make you do something or not. But what I do know God does is he continues to press in and press in and press in and press in. He's relentless in his pursuit of your heart. He's relentless towards your obedience and towards your righteousness and for a churchy word, sanctification. And so he just doesn't go away. And, and so one one of the questions that you should be asking yourself when you're asking, is this from God, is does it go away? Is this just a thought that you had in the moment? Sleep on it. Give it a day. Give it a week. Give it a month. If it if it can allow, give it six months or a year. And and if you get too far out there, then you start to like flirt with a disobedient heart. Um, but but give it some time. And and if it's from God, it probably won't go away. If it's not from God, if it's just your own selfish emotions or just your own like normal emotions, uh, it probably will fade. But God doesn't fade. His pursuit of your heart doesn't fade. His call for your obedience doesn't fade. And uh, so give it some time. See if it see if it goes away or not. The third thing that I would say is this. What does your Christian community say? What are other people who love Jesus and who love you, what do they have to say about your decision? This is, again, why it's super important to be in community, to be surrounded by people who love you and who love Jesus and who know the scriptures and can just be an objective voice talked about this a little bit in a few a few podcasts back um, but when you go to buy a car right like when you one of the the guys who sits on the board of directors for dad tire gave this analogy and I loved it he said when you go to buy a car you're, you're not objective you're totally thinking through it emotionally uh, and you're you're looking at that car and you're not you don't I mean you're 
price conscious, but you also want to know all the cool features and the radio and the sound system and all the tech that it has in it. And so what you should do is bring a friend who's totally emotionally removed from that situation and he can speak objectively into it and just say like, uh, dude, you're, you're like, your emotions are, have caught the best of you here and you're not thinking straight. And remember this and remember these payments and remember this debt you have and remember that the car is going to lose value and all this stuff. Uh, and th- this is the same thing that we should do when we're making decisions, especially big decisions that are going to affect our wife and our kids, is asking Christian community, other people who love you, who love Jesus, who know the Word, and then when you come with a decision like, hey, God told me to buy 300 Taco Bells, and so I'm going to refinance my house so that I can eat cheesy gordita crunches for the rest of my life, you might need a friend that's going to be like, dude, um, it's probably not the best idea. Like, God may not be calling you to put your family in that kind of jeopardy so that you can own Taco Bells. Obviously, a little bit of an exaggerated analogy, but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, get a friend who's not emotionally connected, who's objective, who can not just give their opinion, but can point you back towards Scripture, can pick, point you back towards Jesus. Now, the caveat I would say to this um, is don't involve too many people in your big decision-making. You you make that that network too big, and then things just get even more confusing. I like to say, like, find three people— and really probably no more than three people uh, that love you, love Jesus, know the word, and that you can just ask, like say, will you join me in prayer? Will you join me in fasting? Will you join me in thinking through this and like mulling over the scriptures and trying to figure out what decision and what way, what direction God is leading my family? Uh, I could use some objective help in that. And so would you join me in prayer and thinking through this? And, And ask their opinion, but also ask for them to seek God with you on that. So what is God's word saying? Does it go directly against God's word? Number two, uh, what was number two? Uh, Come on, ADD. This always happens to me. Oh, is it going away? (laughs) Uh, Is it going away? God is relentless. So if it's just you, it'll probably go away. If it's of God, he'll be relentless. And number three, what does your Christian community say? Now, here's the thing I would say. All three of these by themselves, if you took any one of those just by itself, you would be in a potentially a dangerous situation. And I know saying that, some people are going to think about, well, Jared, what about the first one? If Shouldn't we just rely on God's Word? Like if I read God's Word and He tells me to do something, isn't God's Word sufficient and enough for my decision-making there? Yeah, kind of, but not fully. And here's what I mean by that. Like God is enough. God's authority is enough, God's scripture is enough, his word is enough, but listen, you're sinful, and like, you're not super objective, and you can make all kinds of weird arguments about God and what God's telling you to do, even from the Bible. We all know this, like, uh, there's all kinds of examples and all kinds of things that people are pulling out of scripture and making arguments by using Bible verses to just validate their point. And so if you're just relying on your interpretation of God's word to make your big decision, you could be in a really dangerous place. So I'd actually recommend that you don't do that um, by itself. <clears throat> Again, if it's just by itself, you can be in a really dangerous situation. The second thing is if you just asked your friends, but you didn't go to God's word and you didn't continue to pray about it to see if it like went away, um, you'd be in a d- dangerous situation. You're, you're susceptible to just listening to people's opinions and not actually what God has to say about it. And third, if you're just like taking, does this go away? And you're not asking anybody about it. You're not seeking God's word on it. Uh, you're, you're probably going to have a jaded perspective on what God's actually saying. So I actually think the combination of the three 
is the most powerful. Uh, is it going away? Have you spent time in God's word? Have you spent time praying over it? Does this directly violate God's word or does it make sense with God's word? And what is my cr- Christian community around me? What are they saying? What is their opinion? The three of those together, I think, is probably going to be the the spot where you can make the most healthy decisions. Uh, here are my three or a couple takeaways for you, okay? I would say act in obedience until God tells you to stop. And usually people do this the other way around. Like, ah, I wonder if God wants me to feed the hungry or to adopt or to foster or to take care of the widow. I'm going to pray about it for like 10 years until God tells me, gives me clear direction on what he wants me to do. Uh, listen, God, <laughs> uh, act in obedience first. If God has already clearly mandated something in Scripture, uh, go for it. You don't need to spend a bunch of time praying. I would say, like, if you're in a limbo, like, hey, should we foster? Should we adopt? Should we start to tithe? Should we uh, volunteer our time? Should we start to serve? These are questions that are already laid out in Scripture. Do it. Like, don't sit around and pray about it for and ask counsel and read the Word and fast for 100 years. Just do it. If God doesn't want you to do it, He'll make it clear. And uh, But act in obedience first. Again, if this is something that God has already clearly laid out in strip, Scripture, go for it. Go for obedience for default to, to obedience, not to waiting around to hear God say what He's already clearly said that we should be doing in Scripture. So that's my first thought. Second thought is this. Oftentimes what we do is we're, we're thinking through the lens of kind of going back to the scripture, what makes most sense for me and my story? And I think you should be asking, we all need to be asking when we're making big decisions, what will bring God most glory? And frankly, I don't know if God cares a ton about what like school your kids go to or what neighborhood you live in. Maybe sometimes he does. I think God is big enough to handle the small details and the big stuff. But I think bigger than all that, God is consumed and he's obsessed with his glory because he knows it's what's best for the world. And so I think we should be asking, like, what will give God the most glory? What what decision can we make that will make God big instead of us big? Uh, and so one danger, this is a big point, listen to this. One danger that we can get into is that we make pros and cons lists and that we Make specific, we make decisions based exclusively on our pros and cons list. So we actually get out a piece of paper or we go through this with our spouse and we think through like, what are all the good things? What are all the pros that this situa- this decision has? And what are all the cons? And here's the thing. If you did that for anyone in scripture who is acting in obedience to God, this is a big point. You should listen to this <clears throat> if you've checked out. If you went through any person in Scripture who made a pros and cons list when being obedient to God, I would make the bet that almost every time the cons list would outweigh the pros. Obedience to Jesus usually requires sacrifice. It requires you laying down yourself and your own selfish ambitions and desires and wants to serve the king, to lay down your kingdom for the sake of the kingdom of God. And so oftentimes from worldly standards— it's going to probably have a lot of cons when it comes to it. And so the danger when we make a pros and cons list, which I've done for almost every decision, it's not bad, but just use it as one tool. Don't make it as the main tool. Uh, When you 
when you make a decision, ask yourself, okay, yeah, there's some, here's some good things. These are practical realities that's going to have on my family. Some good stuff, some bad stuff, some hard things, some easy things. But at the end of the day, that will not be my decision maker. My decision maker, again, is God's word. Is is this going away? And what does my Christian community say? And what does what will give God the most glory? Don't make your decision exclusively on a pros and cons list. Finally, I would say this. Don't do anything until you are completely united as husband and wife. Um, And this is a really big one. I don't care if it aligned with all of those. Uh, If all three of those, uh, you felt like God was prompting your heart, it doesn't go away, and the Spirit's leading you, the Scripture aligns with it, even you have Christian community telling you to do it. If you're not in agreement with your husband or with your wife, uh, you shouldn't do it. And I just really believe that when God's calling us to big decisions, that He will unify both hearts. And it may start for months, for days, for even years, where your heart is like set, where you know this is what God's calling you to do, but um, your spouse has yet to get there, and God is still working on their heart. But until that happens, until you find unity between the two of you, uh, I just wouldn't do it, man. I I wouldn't go after it. I think that it's going to cause a lot of bitterness towards your wife if you made a decision, even if you thought, uh, I mean, it's kind of a, the ultimate trump card. Well, like God told me to do this, so we're just doing it. And what you do is you completely shut down your wife and you don't allow her to like have the process that you've had with God in that. Or maybe God's working on her heart, but she hasn't got there yet. And if you make that decision, you're going to be in a really tough spot. You're going to grow bitter towards her. She's going to grow bitter towards you. And it's going to put you in a really tough situation. I've been there, and I can just tell you from experience that it sucks. Um, And so don't make any big decisions until you're completely unified, which makes sense. Like God... This is what God does. He unifies. He brings together. There's a oneness. He will bring together the husband and wife, and they will become one flesh. And so I know that's also talking about like sex. So yeah, I, I theologically, I know what's happening there. But you're becoming together as one, both in body and in soul and mind. Like you are becoming one person, unit, um, to bring God the most glory. And so if you're not united in your decision-making, man, I would just say hold off, continue to wait, continue to pray, continue to seek God and ask that God would um, soften her heart or his heart, I guess, if you're a woman listening. But anyway, those are my thoughts. This podcast ran a little bit longer than I expected, so I apologize for that. Thanks for hanging in. Uh, We'll list all the show notes in the show notes on dadtire.com. I love you guys. Go pick up the devotional, dadtire.com. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you later. See you.